Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Another similar subject is uh, strip clubs and how the feminists... See, there's two ways of looking at strip clubs. Mm. I'm confused, and I'm sure you as a sort of proto-feminist would Proto. be... Proto! <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, this is sort of the, at the younger end of the feminist... Uh, <laughs> That's fair, ...feminist yeah. conversation, uh, would be confused about too. So, go mm. on, what's, what's your attitude to things right. like Spearmint Rhino, you know, which is a lap dancing yeah. club? Sir, Sarah Pasker said a thing where she was like, isn't it just a signal that the patriarchy has won, that when women become liberated, men are like, okay, go on then, take your clothes off and dance for us now because you're so liberated. Or like, you know, pole dancing is a form of exercise. And it feels very, like, weird. But I don't know, I think it's one of those things where it's like every woman can just do whatever she wants and there's no one way to be yeah, so you, you a wouldn't, woman. So I'm not against strip clubs or anything because I think it becomes... What happens is, so if you've read The Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> I've talked about The Handmaid's Tale all the time, but it's like, I do study it, so I do have to think about it a lot. Yeah, you um, see, we're, we're, I don't know, about f- 10 minutes into this uh, podcast, <laughs> and you've already mentioned The Handmaid's Tale. I haven't mentioned The Beatles yet. There it is. Apart from there. <laughs> um, she, so The Handmaid's Tale was, um, it faced a lot of backlash because of um, Margaret Atwood's criticism of sort of radical feminism but I think what she was saying is that anything on any extreme is always going to be dangerous and what it turns into is I think this is why feminism gets a bad rap of being like man-hurting because it becomes too radical and then it ends up puritan which is the other end of the scale but then they're actually it's I I like to think of it as more as kind of a circle and you're in the middle of the circle and then as soon as you start going to either the far left or the far right you end up actually being at the same thing, which is just of restricting people's freedoms. So I think that I have to be pro-strip clubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is, this, is, this is the split in feminism. Basically, what's brought it up again is Spearmint Rhino in Sheffield. They did uh, an undercover report on Spearmint Rhino in Sheffield, and they found that it wasn't like lap dancing and pole dancing is normally pictured how you normally see it what they said was that the women were naked for a start and they were touching men in ways that we can't mention on a family podcast like this so that's what they said it was basically the puritan wing of feminism i think that was saying this and saying it, it ought to be closed down it depends what the if the women are there of their own free choice and if the women are truly choosing to be there and they're doing it because that's what they want to do to make money like that's fine there's a series of videos by a woman called amanda knox 
I don't know whether you've heard of her. I think so. So, yeah, I feel like you'll know her name, but not what? actually remember Foxy, it. Foxy? No, no. What? Amanda Knox, she, so she was a girl who was in prison for four years, in Italian prison, after she was accused of killing um, a British yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, yeah. foreign exchange. That, that was yeah, the f- she was known Foxy, Foxy Yeah, yeah, because yes. she was like... But you shouldn't call her Foxy No, Knox, I know you shouldn't, right. but, uh, that's, what, that's, yeah, her so, tab- that's her tabloid That's her tabloid name. So she was treated really shamed, really badly in the media and obviously she didn't kill this woman but she was in prison for four years which is terrifying um it was actually some guy but she wasn't provided with an interpreter and unfairly so treated in the investigation yeah it was a botched investigation then she was unfairly treated in the media blah 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 but she's done um a series of videos called the scarlet letter which is about women facing shame in various different places and there was one about um a girl who was a cheerleader for the nfl obviously you've seen the outfits that they wear in these cheerleading nfls which are just super super skimpy and stuff and there was she came out about a lot of stuff that was really sexist in it that they had to go for annual weigh-ins and told stories about these girls who would sweat it out before weigh-ins so they would sit in their cars with the heat turned really high up and they were like encouraged to do that to stay under this certain weight and then she posted a picture in it like a bodysuit that was like lacy or whatever and um was asked to resign and then was eventually fired from the Saint Sessions or something ridiculous was the right. name. The new, it was a New Orleans group and she was from Mississippi. And then she got labelled as kind of like a feminist and she was not really that at all. And then a lot of other feminists came out and was like, well, if she's going to wear that outfit, she's being treated as she should be. And like, if you're being a cheerleader, then it's, you know, against feminism. But I think that like... You don't have to dress in a sack and be completely anti, like... Anti-glamour? Anti-glamour, yeah, I think, to be a feminist. And it lends, you know, it's another version of the argument about walk-on girls. Yes. And and you're you're in favour of walk-on girls or you're not against walk-on girls? I'm not against you, it. You don't like, think their jobs should be taken away from them? No, well, it's that, but that's girls. also a class thing in it. And so was this cheerleader thing because it was this part of mississippi where one of the ways that girls actually can sort of raise themselves up was dancing and becoming nfl guys which is the same as men becoming football players Mm. which is one of the ways that people in the south are really or people in poorer neighborhoods Mm. yeah yeah, help themselves and that's the same with walk on girls like it becomes Feminism becomes a class issue then. So, yeah, you're saying that middle-class, privileged white girls yeah. can go around being feminists because it doesn't affect them, whereas yeah. poor black girls in Mississippi... Well, she wasn't not. even black, she was white, no. but, like, like it doesn't restrict me in any way to be anti all of those things because yeah. I'm never in a position where I, I have to because I'm supported in education and all that kind of stuff and I would never yeah, be... I'll take your point. You know what I mean? I'll like, take your point. And, and the same thing does apply to Spearmint Rhino. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But then then you, you just get into a question of how far are these girls choosing to do it because it's their only option or choosing to do it because mm. they want to do it? Yes, I know. I suspect in a lot of cases nobody would particularly choose to do that sort of mm. work um, but then again nobody would maybe choose to do be, it like yeah, to a be boring office job like precisely. which is better yeah now i've listened to your tune we'll start mm-hmm. we'll start with yours Ooh. this week i listened to it all the way through and it was a real shame to only uh, play 20 seconds because I, I thought it was it was a great track so we'll play it we'll play it uh, and then i'll explain and then you okay. can explain it it's called blue lights Don't you run when you hear the sirens coming 
blue lights, obviously, of a police vehicle. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't realise the first time I listened to it. I had to listen to it, like, twice, and then I was like, ah, blue lights, I understand now. Um, so it's by um, a girl called Georgia Smith, um, and the... Is it pronounced Georgia? Yeah, Georgia. Ah, Why, it... how are you pronouncing it? Georgia. It's J-O-N-J-A. No, J-O-R-J-A. Oh, it's an R, is it? It's an R, Georgia, yeah. right. Georgia Smith. Um, this is her most famous, most popular song or whatever. And it's probably not my favourite anymore because I like some of the other ones. But I thought this one's got a really good like message as well because it's kind of about like gun crime and it knife is, yeah. crime in like mm. London, mm. which is quite apt. It is. Right now. Well, because I, I was talking to you about school exclusions. We were, we were talking, talking in the, the car, car yeah. yeah. And being a, a big factor in knife crime. And that's really about, you know, how it starts. You know, you're yeah. a little bit disruptive in school and then you're excluded from school uh, and then you're on the street and the devil makes work for idle hands and all that stuff. And that's what the song's about, really, yeah. in many ways. But she's got such a pretty voice. Sounds a bit like uh, Lily Allen. Um, no, she doesn't sound like Lily Allen no, at all. No, the, I don't think so. No, a bit like Amy Winehouse to an extent I think she's quite original though like I think she's not I think it's maybe the London thing the London sort of accent but she doesn't sound like Lily Allen's style at all no not the style but the the, the voice sounds similar really she's got the same intonation I think but I uh, I, I might be wrong I don't completely agree Anyway, it's 20 seconds of uh, John Jess, uh, Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> Georgia. I don't know why, I'm sure it had an A not No, on, it's an no. R. Oh, okay. I um, think in her like logo thing, it's like quite a deep R, maybe. Uh, but it's definitely, definitely Georgia Smith. Georgia Smith and uh, Blue Lights. Uh, now, unlike you, unlike you, uh, I sometimes take guidance from the emailers. You know, emailers are always suggesting tunes, and you usually ignore them. Uh, but I, I sometimes I just often it's the, just because I forget to listen to them, yeah, not yeah. because I'm like listening to them and then deciding no, that I don't like. You're it. just being a bit slack, really. Uh, well, I've got this uh, email from James Blacklock. And he says, hi, Martin. Uh, and he's, I assume he must have been a teacher at some stage or a youth worker. So he said he was talking to a group of teenagers. And he says, I was greatly... He has a lot of kids. Mm, and he might have a load of teenagers of his own, but it did sound like it was in a, in a school um, context. He said, I was greatly surprised to learn that none of them had ever heard Big Yellow Taxi by jo- Joni Mitchell. I instructed them, instructed them, that's why I thought it must be uh, kids in a school, uh, to check out Joni's early album, Clouds, uh, and in particular Joni's version of Both Sides. Now, uh, I also told them that every single girlfriend I'd had during my 20s had a copy of uh, Joni's later album, Blue, amongst their often fairly meagre collection. I suspect Ruthie may already be familiar with Joni Mitchell. Yeah, I am quite familiar with Joni Mitchell, only because it gets so many references in films. So then I was like, Jenny Mitchell, who's she? Yeah, and a lot of the people that you admire, writers and things, yeah. reference Jenny Mitchell. I can't remember who it is that references Jenny Mitchell a lot. I can't remember. Well, loads of people do. He says, anyway, so instead, so he's not suggesting oh. I play with Jenny Mitchell because he thinks she's a roller Mitchell. coaster. What a roller coaster indeed. So instead, I suggest Light Flight by Pentangle, who were a sort of British. Folk, jazz, sort of hippie-ish, early, early 70s mm-hmm. uh, band. Uh, he, so I suggest Light Flight by Pentangle as a possibility. Um, and this was featured on an album called Basket of Light. It was also the theme from a TV show, uh, Take Three Girls, the TV show, set in Swing in London. Swing in London. Yes. Take Three Girls, a television drama series broadcast by the BBC between 1969 and 1971, which follows three young women sharing a flat in Swing in London. 
I have no recollection of Take Three Girls at all. And I spoke to your mother, and she doesn't either. Right. So, yeah. Should we play your song, then? So, let's play... <laughs> have we gone on about it too much? Yeah, just uh, slightly. OK, here's the song. Let's get away, you say, find a better place. Miles and miles away from the city's race. Look around for someone lying in the sunshine, marking time. Jenny Mitchell. <laughs> it's not Jenny Mitchell, but it does sound a bit like. It does sound Jenny. quite like Jenny Mitchell. Yeah, um, but that was very popular, late sixties, early seventies. Uh, Light flight by Pentangle. Uh, John Renborn. Uh, yeah, John Renborn was a guitarist quite well known in the folk world. Um, so we've come with a couple of winners. I like your mm-hmm. tune. You like my tune. If you it? do have um, any oh, suggestions yes. of songs, and you do want to email yes, them in for me to ignore them, no, it's uh, the email is Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com So let's... Um... Oh, and um, you can find the full versions of both of those songs, so Blue Lights by George Smith and Something by Pentang. Light Flight. Light Flight by Pentang on um, the Spotify playlist. Pentangle. Pentangle. You know, it's I think like it Pentang hippie. like Wu-Tang. No, <laughs> no. It's more like, you know, folky, hippie-ish Pentangle symbols. Oh, pe- like, kind of like, um, what they call those witches? Yeah, like um, those witches, white witches. No, 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 um... Oh, you know what I'm talking about, I know don't exactly you? What you're talking about. Wiccan, 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 yeah, like kind of like that. You, you can find them on Spotify. You can see it through the Ruthie, me, and my dad, and that'll get you to the playlist, or just Martin and Ruth, and that will get you to our prof- profile, and then you can get the yeah. playlist from that. So you've forgotten all this because we've been away for a week, and uh, so, so this out is the first of practice. One, out of practice. <laughs> John Cairns is in touch. He says uh, he likes the podcast. He picked it up from uh, Talk Sport in season one, and he's with us right into season three. Brilliant. Uh, and he lives in Kiev in Ukraine. Kiev. Uh, yeah. Well, Kiev, K-Y-I-V, but I think it's... I How think, do you say it? Well, I, How's he written it? Well, we say it Kiev, don't we? But I so think he's written I'm it a, Kiev. K-Y-I-V. We might find out that's either the local spelling or it could possibly be... <laughs> a typo. A, a, a typo. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's the local spelling. Anyway, he lives there anyway, Kiev, Ukraine, with his wife and youngest daughter. And he says he loves the podcast so much because his eldest is about the same age as Ruth and it all uh, resonates. Uh, my youngest, Emily, is in her last year at the International School, PSI, and will be heading off to university next year. I mean, the amazing thing about Ukraine is that uh, it's now become the really hot tourist place um, people go on these tours around Chernobyl. Mm. We watched Chernobyl on the TV. Fantastic yeah, series. Yeah, it was brilliant. Would you have ever thought from watching that that... Yeah, then um, you're like, oh, I fancy that, actually. Well, that's because everything is about experiences now, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's... I still don't... I'm not sure how I feel about tourism around Chernobyl. No. It doesn't quite... It doesn't, does it? But in a way, right? it's it's the same as tourism around the, the concentration yeah. camps, and people have been doing that for years. And now, I still am not sure about it. I don't think you learn anything more from going there. I think it's really important for survivors and families of survivors, or families of people yeah. who died there. I think that's really important. But and it's the same for Chernobyl as it is. Yeah, for obviously. The concentration camps. But I'm not sure how much more you learn. From going, I, I can't speak for Chernobyl. I've never been, but went to Auschwitz with school. I, we definitely went too young. We were like twelve years old, yeah. just too young. It's like a picnic, isn't it? Yeah, you know, but yeah. I'm just not sure 
whether I don't think you learn anything more or feel anything more. And if you need to go to the place to understand that it's an atrocity, I don't get that yeah. really. No, I agree with you. And then they, and they have a cafe there. And, oh, it's just weird. Well, have I, have I told you? I know I've told you off air. I just wonder if I ever told you on the podcast my story about the cheese pasty I got. Oh, this is not a good story. As Auschwitz. Did I tell you about this? Yeah. It was just the worst thing I've ever... I mean, it really was on every level. It was, you know, and I very rarely complain about foods. And, you com- yeah, but Dad, you very rarely complain about foods, but you're complaining about food in hell on earth. <laughs> yes, I know. That's Do you know what I, I mean? Didn't, I didn't complain. I just... All I did was I got this, and I was quite amused that it was so bad. And I did say to Janet, your mother... Do you think it would be in terribly bad taste if I were to complain about the quality of the food in the cafe at Auschwitz? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Don't tweet it. So I didn't. Um, and now you've just said it on air. I've just said it on the podcast. But, 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 you know, just to reflect the fact that the whole idea... But I, I think telling that story actually does point up the fact of how ridiculous it is that Auschwitz is a tourist attraction mm. and that Chernobyl is a tourist attraction. But I think tourism now is lo- a lot of it is people go to places like Chernobyl. It's so you can put a picture on Instagram and tell your friends that you've been there. Have you ever Ooh. searched the tag for like Auschwitz? No. So you know on Instagram you can search for like a keyword or something like in tags. So you can look for like Auschwitz and there's like five thousand plus posts. So obviously some of these won't be bad or whatever. But then there's ones like this of this girl who's taken like an edgy shot of her looking into the distance at Auschwitz. Don't take pictures there. There's, you know, there's plenty of documentary photos that you can look at. I was at a hotel in, uh, in Munich once, and uh, Munich is very uh, close to Dachau, which was the first concentration camp. And there was a, an American tour party in mm. this hotel, and they they had their schedule. It was on a notice board in the hotel you know their tour guide had put this up mm. and uh, it said you know for this gang of americans and it said uh, don't forget we're going to dachau tomorrow don't forget your cameras exclamation mark and oh. i thought that exclamation mark is in the worst taste of any exclamation that's the mark worst taste of the, yeah yeah, it, yeah it's the worst taste uh, punctuation ever uh, ever Should we have some music? Yes, let's have some music. Start with mine this week, yeah? All right, yeah. Here we go. Sheepdog, standing in the rain. Bullfrog, doing it again. Some kind of happiness is measured out in miles. Do you recognise them? I think that was the Beatles, wasn't it? It was the Beatles. I thought it might catch you out. Because it's... The only reason I play that is because there is a tendency amongst people of your generation to think of the Beatles as, oh, they did some jolly little pop songs, you know, well, then they rink be, all that sort of thing. And not as a very credible rock band, which they were. And obviously, playing 20 seconds of that doesn't... That was Hey Bulldog, by the way. Right. From Magical Mystery Tour 1969. Um, have you heard that before? 
I, I probably have, but I don't remember it. I've probably no. heard it once. But it was just really to point up the fact that uh, the Beatles did make, you know, especially the White Album. It's I'm glad you've of... pointed out that the Beatles were a good band because it is a niche opinion and it, it's, it's good not... that you've had the bravery to say it. There are, well, my bravery is in saying, uh, and I, I did this on uh, talk radio when somebody said, you want to. So those... this is recycled material? No, I didn't play Hey Bulldog. But on talk radio, somebody, are you one of those people who say the Beatles are overrated? And I said, no, I'm one of those people who say the Beatles are underrated. However great you think the Beatles are, they were actually greater than that. People um, like to not like the Beatles, though, you know, yeah, some of those things. But it is popular. I bet there are people, you know, that you've come across at university. I don't know whether they're. No, they're, you know, we've not, to be honest, we've not discussed the Beatles yet. Really? Yeah, and it's been three weeks, Adam. We've not had one conversation about the Beatles. I can't believe it. I didn't mm. realise you could go through life without, you know, referring to the Beatles at least once a week. Well, there you go. Well. Anyway, do you want me to tell you that was called Hey Bulldog? And the uh, magazine Time Out, which is sort of London listings magazine, yeah. uh, placed that song, Hey Bulldog, at number 27 on their list of the best Beatles songs. So that's not wow, bad, is it? that's pretty yeah. high, yeah. And it's uh, the the genre of that is psychedelic rock. You know, when you see it on uh, Wikipedia or somewhere, it's uh, categorised as psychedelic rock. Uh, and people, if you said, name the top, five psychedelic rock bands people would say Grateful Dead and the various other bands that people know about but people wouldn't say the Beatles they wouldn't uh, but so I just wanted to point out as well as being a great pop band they are a great psychedelic rock band alright and should we have my song so let's have do you want to just play it and then I'll explain afterwards it's a song called Take Me As I Am Shots of the right, that's future me, I'm glad I'm not that guy With your hand above the fold, you're a scandal in the press There's powers in your flowers, you're a damsel in distress Take me as I am, hey, or watch me as I go She said, take me as I am, or watch me as I go Melodies of love all selling the dream Everyone... uh, Yes, was that a little band called The Streets? Um, actually, Dad, it was Chris Lorenzo featuring the streets right but very um, much like because i've never played any of the street stuff because i feel like everyone already knows it you mm. already know and yeah. i you know i just thought it'd be boring very good i like the streets but they are brilliant and i really like them so i thought i'd play this chris lorenzo song this is from his new album which came out on october the 11th of this month uh, so really new and he chris lorenzo is a birmingham kind of house and bass sort of um rave dj kind of thing but he's really big in the midlands and um, i don't i'm not really massively into that music i probably wouldn't have listened to this if it didn't have the streets on that's how i kind of saw it but it is very good of that type of music um you know people like annie mack of like being yeah, like chris lorenzo is great oh, and yeah. stuff yeah but she's a you know dj as well uh, so yeah that's the song called tame as am and obviously the streets everyone knows where they're from Yeah, they're from the streets. <laughs> um, have you ever heard of a thing called Craigslist, like personal adverts, or like Craigslist, like Lonely yes. Hearts? Do you remember uh, that? Craigslist, the very famous in yeah. America. Yeah, there's Craigslist. Been... I mean, a lot of people used it for furniture, you know, like Gumtree or whatever. Yes. But there was, I'm sure there's rom coms and books based on Craigslist, yes, the personal there are. ads. Yeah. So, it's a very big thing in America. It yeah, was a very big thing. Was very, it's been taken down now. It's yeah. gone, the personal ads. Well, I think there but, was a murder, I think. Yeah. Oh, was there? Yeah, I think so. York University has an equivalent. It's called Your Crush. Your Crush. And um, I love it with all my heart. I think it's brilliant. It's people sending, you either send in completely anonymous, just like, um, saw you on the 66 bus right. and thought you were beautiful or whatever or like um 
girl in my linguistics lecture, I don't know, whatever, mm. boy in my history seminar, please go out with me or something like that. Um, it has been taken down, Dad. Oh, no. About, I can't remember. It was either yesterday or the day before or something. I went to, you know, go and check it because, yeah, yeah, yeah. as I always do, mm. someone in my, our flat got on your crush. Right. So we've got this big board in our kitchen that's got, you know, things like um, throw up or, like, kiss someone in a club, uh, get kicked out of a club, go to hospital, uh, get on your crush, and then there's, like, a tally chart, and you right, keep yeah, track, it's, like, points that. or whatever. Mm. And so we added get on your crush because this boy in our flat got on it. And then a couple of days ago, yeah, because someone complained because it uses the F word a lot. How uh, crap is that? So your crush has been taken down, but hopefully it's going to get put back up because it's, like, genuinely broke my heart when I saw it had been taken down. But luckily, I screenshot four of my favourites um, Cable Knit Jumper in V-Bar that's the um, bar that's attached to one of the colleges in V-Bar tonight you are cute uh, AF from an unexpected person right under your nose some of them are quite cute um, oh, I love them. I'm in love with our maintenance man and I'm running out of things to break <laughs> Uh, it's someone's initials and then it says you said you'd never get a yard crush but you deserve one and then this one's good as well so it's um, like a, a pun york rush and york, york, york crush, crush. Yeah. yeah there's one for durham which is called tinder but d-u-r, D-U-R. i think most unis have one but i just clearly didn't know no. um, and then this one hottest girl in tftv which is the film and television course and um, maybe this year is our year I thought that was really cute, isn't it? Aren't they brilliant? They are brilliant. Why has it been taken that just because people I think complain some, about the language? think someone complained and... about the language or whatever, yeah. Or yeah. well, it's probably a bit sort of uh, to do with sexual harassment. There, there are some that. that are, like, really rude, but I think it's okay, and I want it to be okay. Of course it's okay. And uh, I just they really... That, I want it to go back up. <laughs> they have a similar <laughs> like to look at it before I go to bed. in the Metro newspaper. I think you've seen the Metro. Oh, yeah. Which is a newspaper you pick up on the train or on the bus. And they have a feature in there. But they're sort of slightly less literate than the ones that, you, you know... I was eating a pasty from Greg's, sitting <laughs> opposite you on the 27 bus. Um, I picked out some of the tamer ones, though, the, and the ones that I kind of liked and I thought were sweet. But some of them are either, like, incredibly soppy, like, too far soppy, mm. if you know what I mean. They're, you know, it's love at first sight or whatever. Those ones are quite sweet because they're quite realistic. Mm. And then some of them are just, like, you're fit. But you've not like, been... Like, a bit boring. Not been featured yourself. Oh no, no Dad. The other thing that people do is like people t- there's like a York York like meme stuff and whatever. And a lot of the things that it'll be like pictures of people like really focused and like looking for for your initials on your crush because you can type like your crush and then your initials to see if anyone ever writes about you. Ah right. Yeah. That's brilliant. I don't know whether I should have told you. Maybe it's something that you has to be like stay in the uni. But mm, I well, do love it. Secrets of York University. <laughs> And do you have a meme of the week, Ruth? Um, I think I do. I'll um, just go to my saved purse and see. I've not saved anything. Do you want to know what my... Because I saved them in my Instagram saved stuff. But my last my last saved one is the one we used last week. And then the other thing I've saved is revealed the 20 firms behind more than a third of all carbon emissions, which is not funny. Not funny at all. What, uh, what thing... So we can well, take this... Instead of a meme, Dad, I'm going to take this opportunity to um, tell you about the... 20 firms behind more than a third of all carbon emissions. Well, let me tell you what Andrew Mandigan says about uh, 
uh, Extinction Rebellion. A few emails I've not done yet, but he says in that vein, uh, this is this is a, a real sort of thing that a slightly older person would say about Extinction Rebellion. Uh, I'd have more respect for Extinction Rebellion if, when protesting at Canary Wharf and City Airport, they didn't stop for lunch at Carluccio's, placards resting against their knees beside their Kate Spade handbags. Yeah, but they're doing something. I just, I can't get on board with that sentiment. Yeah, it's terrible. I just, I understand why you would do it. I just don't know. I can't, can never get it all together. Let me just, as I've got the emails in my hand here, otherwise I'll forget them for next week. Donna McManus says, you don't need to worry about the, uh, tell us about the carbon next week. Keep that, keep that, hold the thought there and come up with a meme next week as well. <laughs> we'd like to finish with something amusing. Um, or if, some more York Rush, if you can't find a meme. They've, it's gone, Dad. Oh, but they'll put it I can do, I hope they do. You can, there's something called Your Fashions, which is York Confessions. Oh, but some yeah. of those are pretty gross as oh, well, no. actually. Yeah. Some of them are like... I weed in the sink in our kitchen. Yeah, I don't stuff. need that, really. I hope Ruth is enjoying university, says Donna McManus. Donna says, I went to Leeds University a long time ago, and I can say it was probably the best three years of my life. Oh. She loved hearing people say Joe. And so she says, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a born and bred uh, Londoner, but absolutely loved living up north. I still count my university friends as my uh, some of my best friends of all time. I came back to London eventually, but I still love the northern sense of humour humour and I visit as often as I can. Uh, I'm nowhere near Ruth's age uh, but I find myself agreeing with her on most things. Uh, One of my favourite books is The Handmaid's Tale and also 1984. I also agree that Friends is the funniest thing ever. (laughs) Brackets, my husband hates it. Well obviously he does, he's a man. I love Harry Potter books. Plenty of men love They don't love it. They might tolerate it I think. I disagree. no, I don't think a lot of men don't love friends. And I think I don't think everybody loves Raymond. A lot of men all. love friends. Mm. Does anybody love Raymond? No. Right, we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. With hopefully a meme and maybe yeah. some more York Rush. Uh, and your boxing. Hopefully. And your boxing. <laughs> yeah, boxing updates, yeah. yeah. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, Ruth, over the, uh, over the months we've been doing this podcast... We've discussed comedy quite a bit, and we've played. We've talked about Friends and everything. Discussed it. We've made comedy. <laughs> we've dis- <laughs> I wish, but we've discussed. <laughs> we've discussed comedy quite a bit. Yes. And whenever we discuss comedy, you sort of uh, disparage me in a way by saying, "Oh yeah, here we go again, Faulty Towers, blah blah blah." And uh, it's become apparent to me that you've never watched Faulty Towers. <laughs> so uh, I laid out the whole sum of £1.89 on Amazon Prime, got one episode of uh, Faulty Towers and forced you to watch it. You didn't uh, force me. Like, I, I was happy well, to watch it because this is my job. Th- well, anyway. See? Yeah. We forced you to watch uh, Faulty Towers and you watched it this morning. <laughs> we? Into- you said we as if the listeners were like, oh, yeah, watch Faulty Towers. Well, it is a we. I'll tell you why I say it. It's because um, I think it's probably Mark, my uh, producer on uh, Talk Radio, or it's somebody anyway at Talk Radio, who said to me, well, get her to watch it. If so, she just keeps taking the mickey out of you because, you know, my view is it's the greatest. I still don't know how you time. get the like work out of it. <laughs> it's only got uh, there's only 12, 12 episodes, 12 episodes. Yeah. so you only have 11 more to watch and you've watched the whole series but this i just put a random one in not even the best it was episode one was it episode one of season two season two there's only 12 episodes that's <laughs> a season <laughs> well that's where we differ from the americans season one was six episodes yeah, season two yeah, was six no, that's episodes fair. that's like uh, fleabag view on it please um i did enjoy it yeah, i did I think it was funny it feels less like oh it's hilarious and more like oh it's really safe and warm do you know what i mean mm, well it's funny you say that because i thought one of the things that you wouldn't like about faulty towers is that it's politically incorrect it's something you couldn't make but it's, it's of its time yeah i wouldn't like it if it was made like right some of the jokes are funny um some of the jokes are not funny because of the time that they were made in like some of the bits with Manuel are a bit cringy. Mm. And, um, That's what I thought. That's why you couldn't make it nowadays. Yeah. No, no, but you couldn't make it nowadays because it also wouldn't It wouldn't work nowadays. It wouldn't be funny. But a lot of the jokes are I like timeless still be jokes. Fu- yeah, I think it would I be funny. I don't think it would be. All that stuff with Manuel would feel really Yeah, weird. I agree with you about the Manuel stuff. But All the rest of it would be funny. It's like a farce in a way. It's like a little yeah, play. Yeah, no, 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 no. You can see why there's only six of them because it's not like Friends where it sort of rolls on No, no, because it's on. not the characters as well. Like... You don't really learn anything about the characters. Well, you learn that they're sort of locked in a loveless marriage, him and uh, Sid. Yeah, but... Uh, and you couldn't probably do that stuff these days, the stuff, you know, where he, she's a bit of a battle axe. I mean, they don't even have oh, the word battle um, axe anymore. I mean, but also, like, I don't think I would find that funny if it was modern characters, because I would find it rude to the woman. Mm. But it's off the That's time it was made it. in. Mm. Yeah, no, of course you can but, make it. But some of it is nothing, classic timeless comedy. Yeah, no, no, some of it is. But that doesn't, like... And I'm you not saying enjoy it's, it. I yeah, saw no, you I laughing. did. I did yeah. enjoy it. I'm not saying I didn't. But I wouldn't want it to be made now. I think if it was made now, it wouldn't be funny. That doesn't mean it's not funny. Mm. 
I mean, it's like it's like watching uh, silent movies, silent comedies, because you, you're relying on sort of classic gags, gags that would. Well, no, I mean it's very it's very Shakespearean. The episode that we watched in a way, you know, it's all yeah. We ought to say the one we watched was communication problems. Yeah, it was all like uh, Mrs. Richards, who yeah, she couldn't hear, and whose whose was the money, and everyone kept getting the wrong end of the stick, and blah blah blah. That's what happens in Shakespearean comedy, like it is, it's yeah, classic. Yeah. And that that was all really really funny. The only bits I didn't like were the bits with Manuel and like the stuff with the women. Like you take it with a pinch of salt and it's fine. And I thought Basil Fawlty is like personable and a good character and stuff. It's a great character, isn't it? Oh yeah, Basil Fawlty. I mean John Cleese. What what annoys me is that John Cleese. All right, he's now probably mid seventies, maybe nearly eighty. John Cleese um, said something. He's moved to Nevis. And he says London doesn't feel like a British city anymore, which I can sort Oh, of... that is so EDL. <laughs> well, yeah, people have Come said Come on. That, and, that and... is... Oh, that is such... That's because people don't, like, change. Oh, it's not British anymore because it's not all British, white British people living there. Like, that's just because cities yes. change. Well, are, well, he's entitled to his opinion. No, 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 he's wrong, though. He's entitled to his... He's wrong. Well... You don't, you don't believe that he's wrong? Yeah, I, I'm, yes, I, I don't believe that he's wrong. I don't believe that he's wrong because. But, he's... but the only the only way he's saying that London doesn't feel British anymore is because of the people being different. No, I think uh, yeah, I, multiculturalism I, I can see doesn't make I something could... less British. No, I agree with you, uh, and I think it's great that London is a you know is a melting pot and all that sort of stuff. But um, what he's he's looking nostalgically back to an it, it well, doesn't that's... feel like Britain in the sixties. It doesn't feel. It doesn't like feel of course, 60s. it doesn't feel like Britain in the sixties. Yeah, well, but the only an old the... guy. Yeah, yeah. And what annoys the... me? Wait, let me tell you what annoys me. What annoys me is people are taking what he said there, putting their own interpretation. Or putting what they imagine might be his interpretation on it, and retrospectively dissing Monty Python and Faulty Towers. No, no, no. I, I, well, that's not fair. Like, yeah, Giles Conner wrote a whole column in the uh, Times where he just sort of dissed John Cleese, and to me, Faulty Towers is a work of genius. You know, for, I think I really enjoyed that episode of Faulty Towers I watched, and it does feel it feels nostalgic for a time where of comedy that's just just it's silly, just, and mm. it, it's lovely. Like, I really, I really did like it, but. I don't think that gives John Cleese a free pass to say things. And I think it's... I think that this, that thing that he said about Britain not feeling British anymore... No, it's London London doesn't feel like a British city. is just... Is, and also, like, it's... I don't think we should criticise things from the time that they were in. Like, we should acknowledge it and acknowledge to say, the stuff with Manuel, not really right. It's, you know, it's kind of racial stereotyping and it's mm. sort of... T- it's kind of cheap shots at immigrants really i i'm not saying i'm not saying that it wasn't funny in the time that it was in but i think you can you can you need to you shouldn't completely give everything a free pass that you see in in shows but you also need to if you're john cleese or something we don't live in the 60s anymore and you can't say stuff like that because also because it's not true let me tell you my take on it I don't think London feels like a British city anymore. I don't think New York feels like New York anymore. I don't think Athens feels like a Greek city anymore. I don't think Paris feels like a French city anymore. Sure, the landmarks are still there. But what I'm saying is when you go into a place and it's like Starbucks and it's lots of, you know, it's all become internationalised. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, you know, when I first went to New York, it was like amazing. When was, was the last just... time you were in New York there? Probably about... Ten years ago, maybe something like you that. You were in New York in two thousand and nine. 
Yeah, I did a, a show from New York right. with uh, Edouard Lapaglia, you know, my French friend. Um, we went over to New York and did a show. It might have been in 2000, yeah, certainly well, in the 2000s. But what I felt was when I first went there, when it was the 1970s, it really felt like it felt strange, it felt foreign, it was completely different from London, you know, and the whole ethos of life was completely different from London. New York is London. still feels different. Like, well, like, it feels it different feels, because, it must, because like, they've got yellow cabs. I mean, I don't know, I don't really know, but... Or like Athens. I, I mean, I've been to like Paris. I think it feels very different to London, like very extremely different. Like I know that it has similar chains and stuff, but Paris does feel different. The people are different. Mm. The culture is different. The atmosphere of the city is different. Like it is, they are different places. But also, I think the problem with what John Cleese said is that London doesn't feel like a British city anymore. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a British city from the 60s because it isn't a British city from the 60s. It's a British city from two, from whatever year it's in. Yeah. in. In 2000, it was a British city in, in 2000. A city doesn't stay the same because the people change and the place changes. I when I Whenever I've been to London, it feels like a British city, but because also I don't want it to feel like a British city from the 60s. The only people that would want it to feel like a British city from the 60s are straight white men. Have you seen Austin Powers? It's great fun. That's a British city from the 60s. <laughs> no, no. But, you know. but, it, but, like, that's the problem Julie with nostalgia. Julie Michael Caine no, no, no. in the Italian Jaguar? That is the entire problem with nostalgia, is that you remember all the good bits and none of the bad bits. Hmm. I can't think of any bad bits of the 60s. Oh, so yeah, 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 whatever. Oh, Vietnam, obviously. No, but also, like, women's rights. Like, like, and that's only one example of, like, women's rights. But also, you know, attitudes towards immigrants. Why only straight white men? Why wouldn't uh, homosexual white men in their 70s... I, can't, I don't of... remember the exact year when um, homosexuality was decriminalised. 67. 67. So, OK, until 66, they're not going to be having a great deal of fun. And then still the attitudes. Like, you know what I mean? Nostalgia is the same. You've read Orwell. Like, Orwell was... Um, nostalgic for pre-war England like you're nostalgic mm. for whatever time you don't live in but it's not it's not a better time mm. So you'll be going to university I mean at the moment your focus is on uh, exams but you will be going to university and I'm wondering, Probably uh, Yeah probably yeah. almost certainly I'm just wondering yeah. how, how much trepidation you view it with you know, how much I'm not really nervous at all. You're not nervous about not it? Not now. Like, no. I probably will be, you know, before I go. See, I, or seems, seems I don't feel nervous about it at the moment, at least. Uh, I'm reading this, this story about uh, James Murray, who is the father of Ben Murray. You've probably seen him on the news. Uh, ben Murray was the Bristol student who killed oh, himself. Yeah. And his father, who's a, a very smart guy, um, he's got a background in uh, data analytics. He's devised or is devising an early warning system to help universities build a rounded picture of undergraduates by linking records of exam results with data on lecture attendance, grades and dis- disciplinary or rent issues. Because his son... Yeah, um, it's the whole picture thing. It was the whole picture thing. Because his son was, you know, he'd sort of disappeared from the system. He wasn't attending lectures and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And, of course, nobody. he got a letter saying attend lectures. The father, the parents, they weren't informed. Yeah. 
yeah. there was nothing like that. Northumbria University's testing his system created by James Murray, some Ben Kilman so uh, it gives an overview of whether it students... It should be Bristol, shouldn't it, really, testing the, the system? Well, you'd have thought so, but anyway, Northumbria, I suppose, while it's a test. Mm. Uh, the tool gives an overview of whether students are paying rent, attending lectures, handing in essays, checking books out of the libraries, and could trigger help rather than penalties, because that was all that was happening to his son. He was just being told, oh, you've got to do this and you've got to do that mm. and you haven't paid your rent or whatever. I think, like, people forget that you're either 18 or 19 usually when you go to um, uni, which is so young. Like, it's... Yeah. And you go from having a complete support network. Well, I mean, if yeah. you're lucky, you do. Yeah. And a, a vast majority of people and friends, like, you've known... And a lot of people have friends they've known for years and years and mm-hmm. years who can tell if something's up with you. And then you go to having nothing and being completely on your own and some and and i think it's it's a really hard hard transition i think it would be hard for anyone but especially being so like so young Mm. it's just it's um, it's actually amazing that no one's thought oh maybe this is maybe we ought to keep an eye on them yeah and he's doing it digitally which is good ben's family did not know that the 19 year old was quotes quietly suffering, end quotes, nor that he'd been asked to leave the university for failing to attend lectures. It's bizarre that they would, you know, not just inform the parents yeah. or any anybody close. That but then was, you think, oh, they're adults now? Yeah. But you've not been adult an adult for 18 years and then just one day you're meant to be yeah. completely fine. They worked out after his death that he had missed exams, not paid accommodation fees and was hard to contact in halls. Oh, uh, God, Mr. it's so sad, isn't it's it? It's so sad. Mr Murray uses his, used his background in data analytics uh, to, to devise an early warning system to help universities build a rounded picture. And it's just really, it's, it's a digital way of keeping an eye mm. on uh, on students. But presumably... You'll tell us before when you well, start. Yeah, no, no, but you th- and you think you will, and like a lot of people have never had a mental health problem, ever, you know, before they go to university, and then that is just what triggers it is being away from home and your family and everyone mm. you've ever known. And, and it's also what we it said can bef- happen. before the sort of unstructured, yeah, it's the f- amount of free time, like free at time, least if yeah. you do sort of a science degree or something, you you do you know five or six contact hours a day. Um, a, a day but if you do something like english lit or history you have about four lectures sometimes mm. four hours a week yeah. it's just nothing and then the rest of the time it's just free yeah well uh, you can spend some of that time preparing for the podcast <laughs> do you have a meme of the week yes this is like a conversation thing so you do you want four string cheese sticks me no that's way too many you I deep fried them and here's some marinara sauce. Me. Okay, yeah, that's a nice warm up to what I'm actually going to eat. <laughs> Very good. I almost had a meme of the week. This would have been a meme of the week if you didn't have one. Uh, my friend Francis Foster, the comedian, who sent out a tweet at the time when Donald Trump this week, I haven't talked Donald Trump, but uh, let's not worry about it. Donald, and a friend of ours, Great Alliance and all that, uh, you know, not necessarily Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Not Donald Trump, but the American president, the office of America, the office of the American president. I thought, and let's the not nation, get into it. Nation of America. We should have talked about about it but we didn't but anyway at the time donald trump there was this uh, scare story that he was uh, the americans were going to take buy up our uh, nhs and everything it was all over twitter you know people thinking that donald trump was going to buy up the nhs and as a sort of parody of those tweets francis foster tweeted if it wasn't for the nhs my mum would have died from liver failure a few years ago 
Basically, the NHS is the reason I'm still renting, which I, I think honestly don't think that's that good. Oh, I think it's brilliant. I think it's I think brilliant because it was just. So, I've heard that joke about a gazillion times. Only because I said it. No, 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 not that jerk. Not his jerk. That that kind of jerk for years and years and years. Well, give me an example of that kind of jerk. Like, Uncle Ian makes it all the time. Well, in what way? So he'll, um... So, like, you know when Grandma choked at Christmas dinner? Mm-hmm. So he said... Uh, no, so Uncle Dave said, Oh, for God's sake, Ian, you shouldn't have saved her. Oh, like, that's a similar kind of joke. And they say, you know, about inheritance. Like, everyone makes that joke about your inheritance. But that's cleverly done because it's in the. It's yeah, no, I get it. it's in the style of those like thanks to the NHS, NHS my precisely. son's still here. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't think precisely. it's as amazing as you think it is. I think it's funny, but I don't think it's like laugh out loud. Let's allow the listeners to decide on that. If you want to decide on that or anything else, it's Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find the songs in full on the Spotify playlist, which you can search for um, by writing Martin and Ruth or Ruthie, me and my dad. 